Welcome to the Stickers on the Mic podcast brought to you by StickerGiant.com, where we talk with our customers about how they started their business, how they're marketing their brand, and how they're growing their company. Without further ado, it's time for the Stickers on the Mic podcast from StickerGiant. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Stickers on the Mic. Andrew with you, as always. Very excited to be dialing in Lou Mangello today from Florida. And Lou is the host of one of the most popular podcasts of its kind, of its niche, the WDW Radio Podcast. Lou, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. So I rarely get to interview another podcaster. So this is kind of fun to share the mic with a luminary. And you've been doing your podcast, your show, Walt Disney World Radio, since like podcast got started. Right? Yeah, I um, I literally started podcasting like a few weeks after the technology debuted back in 2005. Yeah, the early aughts was a was a barren landscape in a way for podcasting as far as like big names. Right now, it's all big names. Celebrities drive, you know, the, the notoriety of it. But then there's people like you have been plugging away. You're at 650 episodes, according to your last episode at the time of this show, which we'll dig into a little bit. Folks who listen all the time, it's about Star Wars. So I will share my geeky passion about that. But 650 episodes, that's so much work to put in. If you know, look, I was a lawyer in my past life and now I get to talk about, you know, Disney and Marvel and Star Wars. So I put work in air quotes, uh, but it is. It's been a lot of work, but it's also been a lot of fun. Um, you, you know, you mentioned that's a big part of your story. You, you know, you were a lawyer. What made you decide to sort of like hang up your spurs and then move to Florida with your family and pursue this this dream? So the, the super condensed version is, so rewind back to 2003. I'm a lawyer in New Jersey. I have an IT consulting company on the side, which means I don't sleep very much. Uh, the only TV, TV I really watch are infomercials. And I get this idea that because I've always been in the service business, I want to make something once and resell it. Um, I have this idea that I want to write a book just to see if I can write a book and see if I can get it published. And I really wasn't smart enough to write about the law or computers. And all I really knew about was Disney World. I've been going since November of 71, just a couple of weeks after the parks opened. Um, mm. And the personal challenge was, can I write a book and can I get it published? And um, I, I have 47 rejection letters. Takeaway lesson, you only need one yes. I found my one yes. I found one publisher. Um, wrote a book, thought that was the end of it. Started a little two-page website that turned into articles, turned into a community, and then started podcasting in 2005 and took a leap just a couple of years later and moved to Florida to do it full-time. That's amazing. Um, that's I, I love that persistent <laughs> story, right? Because uh, we I interview a lot of entrepreneurs in their very early stage, right? And they're trying to figure out what their product looks like and how, they, how do they market themselves. Um, you know, the Disney fan space, we've covered a few of those kind of creators on the show in the last few years because they actually make up a decent amount of our business. But when it comes to sort of the constellation of fan work around Disney, it's kind of hard to stand out, right? Because there's so much, <laughs> it seems to me. Yeah. And it's, it's look, it's the beauty of the fact that anybody can be a creator, right? The, you know, the gatekeepers are gone because back, I mean, look, my story is perfect evidence. If you wanted to write a book, you needed to have a publisher. If you wanted to be heard, you had to get on the radio. If you want to be seen, you had to get on TV. And now anybody can do it. And I think that, um, I don't even look at it as competition. I think having a lot of different podcasts to choose from, and now there are hundreds. When I started, there was maybe two, three of us, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is a good thing because you find you find your people. You find the ones that resonate with you. Yeah, I don't think competition is a bad thing. I, I think, I guess, more what I mean is like, 
there's so much great fan art and it appeals to everybody and, and everyone has their audience. Right. Yeah. And so like, that's what I've enjoyed hearing from a lot of these people because they just want to be creative and draw things and manifest their own kind of like ideas into this beautiful canon that is the sort of Disney parks. Um, and that experience, of course. Um, wow. So you've been going to Disney for a very long time. Yeah. Disney's, um, is, is about to celebrate their 50th anniversary. And I was there, uh, about three weeks after they first opened, we lived in New Jersey and like the Griswolds, we hopped into the family truckster every year and, uh, and drove down and fell in love with the place at a very early age. Yeah, you've seen it change quite a bit then too, yeah. right? I mean, they've just added so much. And in the last few years, there's been a, a lot of really fun projects. Obviously, Star Wars Land is the one that's near and dear to my heart and, and my family's heart. Um, but so outside of the Disney thing, you, you, you know, you're talking about writing books. You have your own sort of brand of your own, you know, naming. And um, talk a little bit about like what, what that looks like for, for you to be out on the road doing your thing. Yeah, it's interesting. Over time, this thing that was a, um, a little side project, personal challenge, accidentally turned into a business. And there's really two sides of, of what I do now. There's everything on the Disney side, which is not just the podcast. I've been doing live videos since 2007. Uh, I do events. I've written a number of books and audio tours and, and have a lot of things sort of on the Disney side. And it also evolved to um, wanting to help other people do the same thing. So I've been speaking quote unquote professionally for probably 15 years, um, working with people one-on-one -on -one and mastermind groups. And then I host a small event in Walt Disney world because I want, look, man, I want people to feel the same way that I do when they get up in the morning, like that thing that they love gets to be the thing that they do. And I want to help them, you know, along on that journey. Nice. Um, so yeah, you got your speaking, you know, you got your, um, your mentoring and coaching. One thing that I was, really excited to see was how you, um, have done sort of a mission driven thing too, right. Outside, within these, these sort of brands. And that's like the kind of the giving back and talk, talk a little bit about like how you're getting people to give back via what you do. Yeah. So when I started writing my first book in 2003, uh, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and I went with him five days a week to Sloan Kettering in New York. And it really is where I spent a lot of my time writing my first book and every day getting to his floor, we would have to pass the pediatric cancer ward. And my heart just went out to those kids. And I said, look, I, I want to do something, help in some way, tying it to this book. Um, and I didn't want to give money to research because it would be money that those kids would never see. Um, so I wanted to work with a wish granting organization like Make-A-Wish, um, who for you know, for such a long time, we've had such a great relationship and look, the heart of what I do, man, is not me at all. It's about community. And I know that that's become a buzzword, but it really is the most important yeah. thing. And the, the, the proof of that is in the fact that we've raised like almost a half a million dollars for make a wish to send kids with life-threatening illnesses to Walt Disney world. Um, and that's a testament to the people who are in this, you know, extended family that, you know, I, I call WDW, WDW radio. So, you know, you're talking about giving back in community and, and while it might seem like a buzzword, uh, especially in the podcasting world, right. Um, you need a community, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you need those people to come back to engage with your show. Right. Um, and early on, how did you get the word out? So I will tell you, and again, this is to sort of further evidence and strengthen the importance of community. So, it really started 
back into, remember 2003, 2004, there was no social media. There was no Twitter. There was no Facebook. So I had a V bulletin discussion forum on my site, not even knowing if there was anybody else out there who was, you know, a somewhat adult and loved Disney. And the first night I turned it on, I had 29 people show up and I'm like, my God, there's 29 other dorks sitting in their basement that love Disney as much as I do. Right. But that number turned into like 50 and then 100 and 500,000, 5, 10, 50, 80,000. I'm like, wait a minute. There's a lot of other people that love Disney. And I, I will tell you, man, when I talk about community and the fact that it's not a buzzword, um, you know, I, I hate the word fans. I don't look at it that way. They are not yeah. friends, they're fans. And if you treat people that way, yeah. if you, and if you respect the fact that they're giving you the most valuable commodity, which is their time, and you genuinely care at scale, they will pay you back, you know, X times over. So, and, and I only tell you this to, to illustrate the point, not about me, but about them. I've never spent a dime on advertising. Oh, really? I've, I've never placed an ad. I mean, like oh, I've wow. played around Facebook just to sort of see how it works. Sure. But yeah. I've never placed an ad because if you treat your fans like your friends, they will become your most loyal evangelists. So yeah. it's it's a better it's better for you as well. Look, I can go out all day and say, oh, come listen to my podcast. I think you'll enjoy it. But when somebody else says, hey, I really enjoy this podcast or I really love this community and the people who are there and it's drama free, you should come that message carries a lot more weight. And that's why knock on wood, like the community has not only grown, but, you know, has, has fortunately been able to avoid a lot of the pitfalls that, that a lot of other communities do. Right. And it's funny too, because there's so much, especially on the Star Wars side, there's so much polarization (laughs) in those communities and they love to just drag each other. And as someone who spends a lot of time on Star Wars Twitter uh, in my own little like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And I mean, I do that because of my professional interest, but it's it's hard, right? To to watch people tear each other down. And that's why I love the Dream Team Project and you have the whole running, um, you know, you're doing the running thing with your, uh, the, the run Disney um, events there, which obviously is a lot of fun when you're close, like there's the destination vacation side. And then there's the local traffic, whether it's, uh, you know, orange County or, or where you are in or near Orlando, right? Like Mm -hmm. those people are there all the time. That's just, they go, that's what they go and do. Right. So that's just like a neat way to capture that audience too. Right. Yeah. I mean, you like star Wars. I mean, the Disney community is look, I think no other company, uh, maybe Apple's a distant second has the brand loyalty that Disney does. And the people that love Disney love Disney. I'm not the only lunatic that moved down here. I, I promise yeah. you there's a lot of other people in the area, um, but it is, a, it's a very passionate, very dedicated um, community, which, which is what I love. Um, with that said though, it's kind of hard to be like creative. Well, well I actually, it's gr- easy to be creative when you're inspired, but like, how do you come up with new content to serve people when it comes to something like that? Like a very visited place where people know by and large. Now there's a lot of people planning their first trip or their one trip. Some people can only afford to do it once in their whole life. And it's a big deal. Like, how do you like address that like huge range of people's interests around it to, to serve something fresh that means something to them? So you mentioned a 650 episodes. I actually had started another show with somebody else about a year. So I've probably done, of just pure podcast alone, 800, 900 plus episodes and weekly newscasts and weekly live video. And the secret to, to, and I've never, ever repeated a topic ever, not once, because one, it's a dynamic place. It's always changing. And there's so many different ways to approach it to your point. 
There are people who are coming for the first time that want to just find out how do I do A, B, C, and D. And then there's the hardcore fan that wants to know, you know, hear from somebody that, um, you know, is an Imagineer or really get down to the, the minutia and the details and the history. So there's a wide spectrum. And, and my formula is really very simple. Like I just do a show that I as a fan would want to listen to and hope, pray sometimes that there's somebody else that wants to as well. And I think that goes to the point of, of finding your people, um, yeah. you know, in terms of, of the content you you're putting out. Yeah. That's always the challenge for any creator is like staying fresh and doing things you enjoy, you know, and, and like, um, keeping it interesting for, for the people that are listening. Um, what, um, you know, what's sort of like the next phase for you with this? So it's interesting because I'm always looking to, to see what's next. Right. Um, because I think if you get complacent, you die. Yeah. And, you know, I've always endeavored to, you know, so going back, just interacting online, like through the podcast wasn't enough. That's why I started the forums. That's why I started doing live video because I love the energy and the dynamic of having that real time re interaction. And I said, I, I want to sort of take it from the online space to offline. And I started, I, like I've been doing monthly meetups in Walt Disney world for coming up on 14 years now or so. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you do that, because again, that, and that's not so people can come and meet me. Let's be clear. No. It's yeah, so go wait in line together. Them. Yeah. No, go wait in so line. It's so you could do things together. Right. Yeah. And I love watching the dynamic of people coming together and look, I've seen relationships and friendships and babies and stuff yeah. come out of that. And then you're able to sort of ramp that up. And, you know, I do probably two or three Disney cruises every year, like okay. with my community, we do a lot of special events. We've gone to Shanghai, we've gone to Hong Kong, we've gone to Japan, wow. we've gone to California and Alani again, so much better than practicing law, but, I it bet, is a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about taking the community um, yeah. to the next level and being able to, to do things like that together. You're talking about the live and that's like, was it, there was definitely when we started our show live was a thing and we went live and we wanted it to be part of it. It wasn't really quite what we were best at, at, at our frequency and also perhaps our like content. Um, this is different. And also you're running it, you know, it looks like seven o'clock, seven thirty Eastern time, Wednesday night. It's like, that's actually kind of a decent time slot. People are out of work. And how have you noticed, at least on the East coast, how have you noticed, uh, home to Disney world? Um, how do you, have you noticed any, any like learnings from that live thing? Cause I still think in a way for me, that's, I'm just trying to figure that out, but like, that's a pretty dominant format. Right. But it's hard to be good at it. What's been your sort of secret for your live show? So I think the secret to live is a secret to podcasting is a secret to anything. And it's no secret at all. And it's authenticity. Um, mm. And I, and I hate to sort of simplify it like that, but it is. Mm. And I think sometimes people try too hard to either literally quote unquote, put on a show or be a character. Live video is the most transparent thing in the world because you can't fake it because mm. people can see the passion in your eyes, a smile on your face. And I love that. Um, and for me, it's a combination of, doing the show yeah. from here where yeah. we'll talk about this week's podcast, Disney news. I'll do mm -hmm. a top five. I'll do a contest sort of interactive things, but I also love taking people with me and connecting them to an experience that might, they might, might not be able to get to otherwise. So whether it's yeah. taking them to the parks, showing them fireworks, doing a ride through, going to Aulani, going to Comic-Con, going, you know, uh, to Japan, wherever it might be. Those are some of the things that I love most because there's 
completely no script. It's completely authentic. And whatever happens, happens. And I love that, um, that non-produced complete transparency. And I think the energy, yeah, the energy. Rush. It's such a rush. It is. (laughs) Um, especially cause it's like, you're, you know, what if the net breaks, um, (laughs) (laughs) God willing. Um, but people get it. They understand what that happens. There's, there's a, it's especially if they're your, your friends, friends and friends, your friends and fans, (laughs) it's not a word. Um, but, um, you know, they give you a little bit of leeway too. Um, so, you know, we connected, obviously, because you, you left us a really nice review and that prompted me to reach out. I, I always try to find people who are excited about our brand. What are, you know, you using stickers for as far as, you know, your various promotions? So, and I want you to know that that comment I left was completely un, unprompted. Um, I, and look, as somebody who comes from the service industry and talks about Disney, who is the pinnacle of customer service, that's the business we're all in, man. It doesn't matter what you do. I don't care if you sell stickers, shoes, cars. If you do a podcast, we're in the customer service. We're in the relationship business. And I really appreciate that. And even more so that you took that next step and was like, yeah, like I got immediate feedback letting me know that my comment didn't sort of just go into the void somewhere. Um, So for me, the stickers serve a lot of different purposes, right? I like to keep them with me at all times. And if I'm in the park and I meet somebody using it as a giveaway. I have um, a Patreon that I do call the WW Radio Nation. They get a different type of stickers. They get different sort of rewards and advantages than, than other members of the community do. Uh, I use them for special events, um, you know, giveaways, contest prizes, whatever it might be. Uh, because one, everybody loves stickers, right? Kids love them. You don't have to worry about poking anybody with a, with a pin or anything like that. Uh, and adults like it too. And it, they're just easy. And this is not, again, I'm prompted, like the quality of the stuff that you guys put out is exceptional, which is why I'm a returning customer. Right. Well, we appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's fun to give them out. I, I actually have somewhere, one of the janitor stickers, it was late in Epcot. We were there the one time we took our kids there years ago now. And, and my son was, you know, in the restroom and he was, the guy was cleaning. It was like 1130 at night. The park closed pretty late. Right. Or whatever time it was. And he like gave us each a little sticker. And I, I just was like, and I work at a sticker company, you know, so it's like, I see stickers all the time, but it was that act of receiving unprompted from, you know, a cast member who is doing, uh, you know, some in, in, in large part, some of the most important work. Cause like those touch points around a place like that, whether it's a garbage can or a food service line or a bathroom, um, those are the kinds of things where you're kind of on your own as a visitor or a guest or whatever, and you can have your own in your own head, like, is this a good or a bad thing? Or do I like it? Or am I enjoying myself? I mean, it's easy to have fun on a ride. Right. Um, but it's harder to like, be like, well, that was meaningful. (laughs) You know, he's cleaning the bathroom, you know? So I don't know. It's somewhere on one of my notebooks, my, my Disney janitor sticker. Um, so anyway, that's really great that you have them with you too. Cause that's a fun way to brighten someone's day. Um, so 650 episodes, a lot of content production, but episode 650 was, and I have to, we got a quick dig in here. I'm not going to spend too much time, but the 10 most important moments in Star Wars history. What, um, what, what, what did you like? How did you, you had a, a group of guests on too, like guest, um, guest speakers or whatever. Mm-hmm. What was the conclusion you all came, came to there? It was fascinating to me because I never talked to them about it ahead of time. I said, here's the prompt. We're just going to start recording and see where it goes. And you would almost expect it to be, 
the moments that we all expect, right? right? Things that we could pull out from the movies. But for some, they were going back to decisions that George Lucas made, right. conversations that he had, whether it was the beginnings of the early days of Journal of the Wills or the conversation mm-hmm. to sell the company to Bob Iger later mm-hmm. on. For me, a lot of it came from nostalgia. Um, mm-hmm. It was less about seeing that Star Destroyer and the blockade runner for the first time than nine-year-old me looking up at my dad for the first time, smiling, and we're like, what is this? Like, what mm-hmm. are we watching? Mm-hmm. I mean, it literally changed movie making and fandom and sci-fi forever. I mean, you can't sort of underestimate it. Um, we talk about the importance of, you know, look, George maintaining the merchandising rights, right? Yeah. Like it's crazy. Like, you know, yeah. again, same thing uh, that, that changed toys and, and toy collecting. Um, and I was like, Oh, this, I say this every time. And I'm like, Oh, this will be a short episode. 30, 40 minutes. We'll be in, you know, two hours later, we're like, all right, we need to wrap this up yeah, because yeah. we were nerding out, but we, it was fun sort of digging down into both some of the subjective and objective ways that we were able to go through the evaluation process and then decide, yeah, what, what really belongs on this list. And then going back and asking listeners, Hey, what do you think? Do you agree? Do you disagree? What are some of the things that we missed from, you know, episode four to, well, forget Mandalorian, even, you know, Star Wars Visions coming out yeah, this yeah. week. So, yeah, no, we're, it's on my list. I'm waiting for my son to be done with his school week to reward him. I'm geeking out on that for episode sure. Episode one is awesome. Episode I know, one I'm is sure awesome. they're all awesome. And I know they're all out there and I'm going to binge them. I, 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 um, I normally, I was really bad when the Mandalorian was coming out because I would watch, like, I'd stay up and I'd watch. And then he'd be like, <laughs> he'd think I was watching for the first time. I felt really bad. And so I, I've, trying to be more of an adult about it, but it is like <laughs> the one child, like, I mean, I've got, you keep my, got my background, but I have a whole like cat covered of star Wars stories over there. And I, anyway, I told we all team. do it. It's funny. Cause my son now is 16 and Actually, he's doing it to me. He's getting, he's staying up and watching it at three o'clock in the morning and then pretending the next day that he hasn't seen it. Here's my Han Solo and Carbonite right here. Um, in any event. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's nice that you were able to, um, to get those two guests, one of them, Coffee with Kenobi, is very popular. And then there's the Force cast, which is which is a nice um, um, group of guys to get get on there and talk a little bit about Star Wars. Um, and I'm sure you'll have another, you know, back to Frontierland or something for the next episode. There's so much ground to cover in the Disney parks. You know, you can the shiny stuff is the new stuff, the Marvel, you know, campus, yeah. which is people are very excited about. And of course, um, Galaxy's Edge is my like in my mind, my home away from home. Um, but in any event, um, so it was interesting to me to hear you say though, you didn't really spend a lot of money on advertising, right. And you grew that community. I mean, to get to, you know, 24,000 followers, Instagram, that can be kind of organic, but you also kind of have to keep producing that content and giving people the visuals, especially on Instagram that they want to see. Right. Um, what, what kind of tips and tricks have you picked up from Instagram? Obviously it's a good platform for you. Right. So one consistency is key. Um, you have to be consistent. Um, I think for Instagram, they really, you know, look, we're, we're, we're all sort of playing against fighting against call, whatever you want algorithms of which we don't know the rules, right? We're sort of guessing and trying to figure it out all along. But I think for Instagram, especially they want you to use the tools that are available to you on that platform. So I think in a perfect world to be able to post multiple times a day on a post do stories. When you post stories, use things like stickers. You've got to give people a reason 
to not just continue to either swipe or tap by, but to stop for a second, move a slider, click yes or no, type in an answer. They want to see that kind of engagement. You have to do stories. You have to do reels. You have to do IGTV. And you've got to, just like on Facebook, what Facebook is looking for is they're looking for meaningful engagement in in your posts. Likes are great, but what they want to see are comments that aren't just yes, no, cool. They want, and and that's why all of my posts will always usually lead with a question. And sometimes it could be the simplest thing in the world, man. Look, you want to get engagement, ask people, if you could be in Walt Disney World and have breakfast right now, where would you go? Everybody has an answer. Right. Everybody has an answer. Everybody has something that they want to share or a story. So you're always going to get more than yes or no. Like, oh, I wish I was at Cinderella's Royal Table because my daughter really likes it. That's what I think the quote unquote algorithm is looking for. Right. And again, that's the way to build communities by having real conversations and responding to those kind of comments. That's sort of like the thing we're all trying to figure out too, right? <laughs> I was like, how to get people to like be nice to each other in the threads and, and like bring something of value to, to our audience, right? Um, doesn't matter what you do. Uh, you could sell mattresses, right? Um, <laughs> but there's a lot to cover when it comes to these places uh, because people have so much attachment. You mentioned, you know, the, the kids and being a kid, you know, it's obviously been a part of your life for a really long time. So no, you know, you're like kind of the epitome of wishing upon a star. The dream <laughs> came true. You're glad you're not practicing law, you know, no regrets in that regard, a long time at it. Right. Um, so you're just going to keep growing the show and having fun doing it. Sounds like. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, it's when I was talking to somebody earlier today and I said, look, the day that this stops being fun for me, the day that I'm not excited to get up in the morning and hate going to sleep at night and enjoying working on Saturdays and Sundays, the day that that happens is the day that I move on to something else because all of a sudden it becomes work. It becomes a job again. And um, it's not, I, I am fortunate and I am blessed and grateful every day to get to do what I do and, and, and love it as much as I do. That's awesome. Um, well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for reaching out to our customer uh, success team. That meant a lot to them. Um, everyone in customer service is always trying to please people. And some things are out of our control these days, right? So sometimes, <laughs> you, you know, uh, stuff stuff is, um, business is tough these days. Um, at least cutting through a lot of the noise of the day, right? Um, well, we say on the show every time every sticker has a story today, it's Lou's story, right? And Lou's stickers from the Walt Disney World Radio show that it's great to hear that you like bring that experience into real life, handing out the stickers in the parks and trying to, to bring a little smile to somebody's day. That means a lot. So. Look, I even have one right here. See? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So thanks for joining us, Lou. Everybody out there in uh, Podland, um, check out um, his his various um, sponsors, loumongello.com. Um, but then there's, of course, wdwradio.com, which is where all the action is happening. And there's a lot, especially if you're in the area, you're trying to get people into the parks, getting them together, doing things to give back a little bit, which I think is really admirable, Lou. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for reaching out, Andrew. I really do appreciate it. And, and I do appreciate uh, your entire team from the, the quality of the product you put out to the exceptional customer service. That's awesome. Um, we'll see you next time, folks. It's always my pleasure to be Andrew and to be talking to the amazing stories of business growth and marketing here at Stickers on the Mic. That wraps up this episode of Stickers on the Mic, brought to you by StickerGiant.com. You can download us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcatcher. 
If you enjoy what you're hearing, please leave us a review. It helps us reach new listeners and share our customer sticker stories. And if you're inspired to create your own stickers or labels, head over to stickergiant.com to check out our options and use the coupon podcast to take 20% off your first item. Thanks again for listening to Stickers on the Mic.